Welcome to the Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast with John Pierce. Pastor John is the Senior Minister of C3 Powerhouse and the Executive Director of C3 Church Global. Disciples aren't born, disciples are made. And here at C3 Powerhouse, we are passionate about raising up brilliant disciple makers. Join the conversation today with Pastor John and Dan Fricker, our Melbourne East location pastor. Welcome to our Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast. It is so great to have you with us. And I am joined today with Pastor John Pierce. Hey, Dan, how you doing? It's uh, great to be together. And thank you to everyone who's tuning in. Can I encourage you to subscribe, to share this, to rate this? Uh, it's really helpful for us. Our heart is to help you be a better disciple maker, whether you're a small group leader, whether you're a Christian who's wanting to get better at helping people follow Jesus, whether you're following up new Christians, we really want to equip you to be a great disciple maker. And you should see the smile on our face. We absolutely love doing this together. And we're actually, this is episode seven. We've covered a lot of territory and I just love it to kick us off, Pastor John. Just what would you like to recap on that we've been learning together? Fantastic. Well, Dan, I believe out of Matthew six, Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Great. teaching them to obey the, the commands I have given you, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. And so we're, our, dis, our description of a disciple is someone who is a baptized or fully immersed person. Mm who is fully surrendered to the commands of Jesus. So a fully immersed, fully, fully surrendered follower of Jesus. And we're helping people go on that journey of immersion. And then the second part of that is a disciple maker has a spirit of a person who comes along beside people. That. We're not trying to lord it over people. We're wanting to serve them. We're wanting to to walk with them so that together we're going deeper and deeper into our, our walk with Jesus. Come on. And last episode, we talked about the Sunday gathering. And here today, we're actually going to lean into life in community. And I'd love to ask you, so what is the biblical pattern of life in community? Yeah, so really, again, it's so important, Dan, and just for people to know today, uh, I'll probably do the majority of chatting, but Dan is a brilliant disciple maker, so he's going to jump in and add some some uh, parts of this episode. So Acts chapter 2 is really the starting point where the new church, the, the first church, the New Testament church after the day of Pentecost began to establish what we would call the patterns of a biblical community, a biblical mm. church or ecclesia is the word. This yeah. is what it said they did, Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly or they devoted themselves to four things, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, that's being mm. together, hanging around, the breaking of bread. This was meals where they remembered the Lord, what the Lord had done through his his body and the blood. And then prayer. So these are the four pivotal components of a New Testament community. Gathering together on a Sunday or whenever we gather in, in a corporate way for the preaching of the word, corporate so worship, good. giving to God. And so we're all together, often looking at the back of each other's head. We're praying. We might have prayer meetings that we add to that. And yeah. then there's this this sense that the whole New Testament church was all about life in community. It was it mm. was a group of people, and Jesus said, "You'll be known for your love for one another." So the the mm. imperative and the mark of the New Testament church they were they were devoted to one another. Acts two forty six says this, Dan. So continuing daily with one yes. accord. So there was unity in the temple. So they would gather daily in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness 
and simplicity of heart. And so you get this picture of a church when they were following Jesus. Some of them had their possessions taken off them. Some of them were stripped of their titles, their rights. They were persecuted and all they had was each other. And so they knew that their strength and their connection with Christ would come through gathering either corporately in the temple or from home to home, house to house, doing those four things, listening to the Mm. preaching, fellowshipping together, so just building relationship together, celebrating the Lord's table and praying. So that's the that's the pattern. And uh, yes. I think the, the church goer idea, the religious idea is I go to church for one hour, I tick the box and I'm done. And so that's not what we're talking <laughs> yep. about. We're talking about that being a, an entrance point, a really important cornerstone, mm. but it is a, a stepping stone to life in community. Yeah, and I think that thought is so powerful. The church is so much more than just a Sunday. It's a, it's about belonging to a a family and belong. Uh, that relationships is so important. And I actually have found, you know, that is such a powerful thing for new people. This that feeling of. I am actually loved. I belong to uh, a, a people like a place where people truly love me and care for me. And I think that's the power of, you know, we can do that at Sundays, but as we begin to gather during the week as well, do life together. And yeah, totally. Let let me just add one thought there, Dan. I think that you know when Jesus said, "You'll be this. This will mark my disciples. Your love mm. for," and he uses the phrase "one another." Well, one another is probably one of the very common thoughts that comes through the New Testament. And yes. you know, I've, I've read that there's 59 other places say there's more, but at least 59 one another's. Let me read some of them. Wash love one it. another's feet, John 13, 14. Love one another. That's Jesus, John 13, 34. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans 12, verse 10. Live in harmony with one, one another, Romans 12, verse 16. Uh, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you, Romans 15 verse 17. So when you come together to eat, wait for one another, wait for each other. That's in 1 Corinthians. So this, the New Testament just addresses that we're either a family or Mm. we're actually one body. Jesus is the head, but we're Mm. we're in the spirit where we are the body of Christ. We are connected. So Mm. the way that we're going to get stronger and help disciples grow cannot be in isolation. It cannot be Mm. just in a connection to me or listening to a podcast out there. And I know you're listening to a podcast right now, but this is to equip you. This (laughs) is like the half-time chat so you can get in the real game, which is community. It's it's relationship. And I love there was some research done years ago about what would make people feel part of a church and are not likely to leave. And uh, it found that if a person had six friends in church, then they would feel connected. They'd feel like they belonged. And so that picture is the Mm. picture for me of a wall of a brick. And Jesus calls the church a building where he's building, a place where his presence dwells, where the house of God. So that that idea is that one yeah. brick, if you look at it on the wall, and I'm looking at uh, some patterns of bricks on the wall in my office, is it has connecting to it usually yeah. six six other bricks. That's what holds it together. So as a mm. leader, as a pastor, as a disciple maker, I think we need to try and get people connected to at least six other people, not not that I sit behind on a Sunday, but people who know my story, people who are praying yeah. for me, people who I can cry with, laugh with, celebrate with. And so I think that's the aim that we're going to serve yeah. one another, love one another, pray for one another, and we're going to do this journey of being Christ followers 
as as a community. That is so good. And I think there's a common theme we're, we're learning here throughout these uh, episodes is that as a brilliant disciple maker, we want to be great at connecting people to others. And I know you've trained me to do this over many years, Pastor John, that I don't want to just be great at connecting with people. I don't want to just connect them to myself. But whether I'm at a, a church a Sunday gathering or a small group gathering, when I'm talking with someone, in the back of my mind, I'm always going, who can I connect this person to? And I think that's um, part of being an inclusive community, an inclusive church, is we want to be brilliant at building connections, not just to ourselves, but to other people. Love those thoughts, Dan. Yeah, I think a brilliant disciple maker is great at learning different people's stories, remembering their stories. And I even write notes down on people's stories so that Mm. I can connect the right people together. If they've got commonality, if they've got a similar background or kids the same age, or you just get a, you can ask for an anointing. Help me work out who to connect people to, not in addition to myself. Uh, It's Mm. really fascinating to me. I think that there's probably two ways that we build this kind of community that we're talking about. So one is, one is by being very deliberate and having some mm. clear pathways into structured things. And the other is spontaneous and organic. So in a family, we have both. We have hangout times, we're all together. Yes, totally. Or we plan to go and do something fun. That's his family life. But we also have meals at set times. And so you've got structured and unstructured, organic mm. and and pathways. So I think mm. let's chat about the pathways because I think if you get the, the structured right, that flows over into, you know, the meals and the hanging around together and the friendships that are formed. So I would say two really key areas as a brilliant disciple maker Great. to try and help people f- get into is two things. One is uh, a group, a midweek group. Uh, some churches Absolutely. call them dinner parties. Some call them life groups, connect groups, small groups, whatever you call them, doesn't matter. But there's these groups that mostly meet in homes. They might meet in cafes or workplaces. But Mm. there's a chance over that hour and a half to have hospitality, to open up the Word of God, to pray for one another, to discuss spiritual matters together. And as you're doing those things, you're face-to-face. And as Mm. you're face-to-face, you're learning about people. And I I love this, this thought that in a connect group, you might, not everyone's going to be your friend for life. But you will find friends for life in that connect group. There might be 10 people and one or two of them, in addition to the group, become great friends. And that's been my experience. I've got some lifelong friends that I've made in connect groups or prayer groups together So and still have those friendships. So so I think that's Mm. we've got to do everything we can to help people find a group. Now, that might start out by being alpha and it's a shorter term Mm. group. But we want to get people into groups where there's this sense of we're praying for one another, the leader's praying for you, we're, we're, we're learning off one another. So that's one. And the other is a team, yeah. a serving team. And that's one's face-to-face, the other's side-by-side. And I know particularly guys relate great if we're doing something side-by-side. Girls seem to be better at <laughs> yeah. face-to-face fellowship yeah. and conversation. But Absolutely. So, and, and particularly teenagers, one of the great ways to get your teenagers plugged into church is get them serving on a team. So, Dan, you, you, you had a bit of an experience like that yourself. Yeah, I remember, you know, so I rededicated my life to Jesus at 17 and I was uh, in church, but I was um, a 
little bit awkward of making friends. And I remember I would sit with my dad every Sunday, uh, which, you know, when you're 18 is not as cool as when you were 12. But uh, yes. <laughs> And it, it just took me a little while. But I remember for me a key moment was I got asked by a great disciple maker uh, to join a team. And I joined the youth team probably about three to four weeks after I got saved. And let me tell you, Pastor John, from that first Friday night of serving on a team, uh, yes. side by side with some great young adults. Uh, let, let's just say I probably haven't sat with my dad since. I, that was my moment where I really got plugged into the community of church and made those friendships. And I'm still... 10 years later, uh, friends with those people today. And so I think it's such a great starting point, isn't it? Well, yeah. And if you think about that, uh, often the basis of friendship is is commonality. Yeah. So commonality might be we've got young kids. Commonality might be we're at uni. Commonality might be we're playing for this sporting team. Mm. But there's there's a deeper commonality where people who you wouldn't think would be, would be friends become friends because yes. they don't have a lot of other things in common. But serving God becomes the commonality and mm. it, it forms the deepest friendships. If you look at soldiers who've come back from the war zone, they fought in the yep. trenches together. There, there's some something about the depth of their relationship because it wasn't the, their relationship wasn't formed around their own needs, but mm. a higher purpose. And so, yep. a, a group is going to help you around your needs and friendships and relationships. Really important. Uh, and mm. a team is going to simultaneously help you serve side by side. So, I think both of those are the what we would say the structured uh, component mm. of becoming part of a life and community when you as a disciple maker help people do that then out of that will flow spontaneous meals organic hangouts uh, you know prayer times together people becoming friends and having a prayer partner all sorts of those things and yeah. accountability groups all of those things that are a beautiful part of the fabric of church meals together uh, that that is means we're family and we're doing life in community yeah Exceptional. Well, I'd love us to get really practical, Pastor John. So let's just say I'm a I'm a disciple maker. I might have three new Christians who aren't yet plugged into community or maybe four people in my group and they just aren't making those connections in. As a disciple maker, how do we help people get immersed into community? Great. Let's be really practical here. I would say that hospitality, the table is... Mm. You know, last last episode we talked about the pulpit and the table being yeah. really key components of disciple making. So the pulpits, those Sunday gatherings, but hospitality is the foundation of one another. Uh, so when, when Paul writes to Titus and Timothy and says, pick elders based on these criteria, this is one of the, the criteria that they are given to hospitality. Wow. Uh, that idea of hospitality is to strangers. So it's not just, hey, you hang out with your friends every Friday night and watch Netflix <laughs> together with pizza. That's that's not yep. given to hospitality, all right? Uh, it's I'm given to people I don't know. I'm inclusive, so I bring people into my world. So I think... I think the starting point of getting that going is becoming a hospitable person. That's not about being Great. master chef. That that might be about chicken and chips after lunch on a Sunday where you bring people to your place. It might be yeah. before a connect group saying, hey, come, connect group starts at 7.30. Why don't you come early and let's have a meal together to get you know to know you. But not just me and you, but me, mm. you, and one or two of those other people who you think they might be 
able to connect to. So I would say that hospitality is probably the pivotal part of building one another. So you might not feel comfortable at it. Don't worry if your house is not straight out of home renovations. Don't worry if you're not master chef. Uh, you know, a simple cup of tea and biscuit from Arnott's is enough to, if your heart is loving and encouraging and warm, start mm. with that. That's the foundation for me of developing that life and community. Yeah, and I'm hearing that we need to be a little bit strategic. Once again, we're connecting people to other people. And I remember uh, one quick moment uh, when I was a youth leader and I had a young person in our my connect group and he was really struggling to connect in. And I did exactly what you just shared. I remember we had like a sleepover. We were a bit younger or <laughs> hanging out and I invited someone else. I just knew they would be great friends. And that night they began a friendship and one of them actually just got married previously and the person I connected them to was uh, one of their groom's party. And awesome. I think, isn't that the power of just helping connect people into a life of, in community. Love it, Dan. So good. Well, thank you everybody for joining us here today. We so look forward to seeing you next time for the Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode and we pray that you've been inspired and equipped in your leadership journey. Let us know your thoughts by leaving us a review on whatever platform you are listening on today. You can connect with John on Instagram at John underscore Pierce. We hope you can join us for our next episode of the Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast.